0: Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company.
1: I'm working for Steve Cofield, and it's just just non-stop.
0: In spite of being
2: quite chubby and not eating healthy, I don't have enough donuts. I should eat more donuts, because I love
0: them. Willie's all amped up? Yeah, now I'm ready. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN, Las Vegas. It's Friday,
1: Friday.
0: Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's
1: looking forward to the weekend. Party, party, party. Party, party.
2: Yeah, all right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. First of two shows here. At Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Willie monopolizing the time he's on today and tomorrow. we got a lot to get to to close out the weekday shows up until 6 o'clock. ton of good guests will revisit Robin Leonard and that injury and the Golden Knight situation in goalie and the outlook for the 21-20, check that, 22-23 season, former NHL goalie and one of the voices in the past of VGK, Mike McKenna will join us in this hour. Tons of football. Willie in the spirit. On a Hawaiian shirt Friday, Willie has come down here with a very snazzy-looking Cowboys... Coach's shirt. Coach's shirt. This Next level. Gift.
1: This was a gift. Nice. It actually mentions the division.
2: That's good. That's good information for people who, who may not know. The Cowboys are in the NFC East, and you're also risking it at a sports bar. Because you could get wings later on. You could get like a juicy burger. A squeeze of some food could produce some wayward juice. You've got a very white shirt on. You are very MD-like tonight. Mark Davis and Willie Ramirez love wearing white.
1: I got sweated coming down the escalator. Really? You couldn't make it into the building with
2: someone busting your tongue? Strong
1: shirt in this town, buddy. Really? What does that mean? That's what I said. I said, I don't think so. I've been here since 72. How long have you been here? He goes, I'm from Oxnard. I said, oh. (laughs) Well, that's actually kind of funny. I mean, tell people who
2: don't know, make the connection with Oxnard.
1: Oxnard is the site for, well, it used to be, right? They don't go there anymore. Is that still their site? I don't even know. For their training, Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Go to Oxnard, California. I like
2: that. I'm from Oxnard. You got the wrong shirt in this town. Wait, (laughs) what town? I actually live here. I'm from here.
1: Yeah, I, I've been here longer than the Raiders. So,
2: I'm not going to argue the Cowboys have more fans than the Raiders, but they're probably closer than you think in Vegas. No, absolutely. Cowboys fans invade our
1: local sports bars and books. The question isn't who has more fans in this town. The question would be who has more haters because they're the two most hated teams. Right? You either love the Cowboys or you hate the Cowboys or you love the Raiders. You hate them. There's no in-between. There's no like, eh, I just don't like them. Who do you think has more haters? cowboys yep yeah that's just that's just i think that's just worldwide
2: dude some of my uh, favorite memories in town when i first moved here so we're at a great sports book and bar at the golden circle right mm-hmm. and in some ways this has some of the same features that the old sportsbook and bar at samstown okay used to have Do you yeah. remember that sure it was massive, with, like, super high ceilings. They had a basketball court inside, some other games, maybe even some skee-ball. And, man, let me tell you, on a Monday night or, like, Sunday night football. Yeah. Was there Sunday night football in 96? Whatever. Monday night, if the Cowboys were playing, oh, boy, it was friggin' jam-packed. And I cannot remember the game that I watched there. It was 96 or 97, and the Cowboys lost on a Monday night, and I was just... You know, full of uh, piss and vinegar back then. Not anymore. I'm very calm now. Um, but I remember watching the Emmett Smith jerseys walk out, Charles Haley jerseys walk out. And I'm like, get them next week.
1: My dad. How about them Cowboys? My father lives right around the corner from there. So he used to hang out there. He used to play there. And there would be times where he'd be watching games or moving money in that book. And he'd say, Come I got a comp. Let's go to Willie and Jose's. Remember that place? Yeah, of course. It was a great place. yeah. is a classic. The sports book. When
2: I first got this, this, now think about it. People who come now, I'm sure, are still, like, blown away when they walk in to a place like this where you've got, you know, 55 TVs. Yeah. You know, you go downtown, Circa. That place is spectacular. Westgate, who we, you know, we do uh, Sunday shows with. Like, for me, coming in from the East Coast, 1996, walking into a, a sports bar that big, mm-hmm. I was like, this is freaking heaven. Even yeah. even the experience, and you can do it now here at the Golden Circle, even the experience of, like, coming over at 1 or 2 in the morning to a book. Oh, yeah. Or On a sun- Friday and Saturday night. Sunday morning, you're like, well, I'm still out, so you know what? It's 4 in the morning. Let me, let me get my bets in. And here and you let- can get your bets in and – For me, like parlay cards, I mean, I don't play them now, but back then I was like, oh, my God, look at
1: this, this parlay card. College football, you know, on a a Saturday morning. It's up in four hours. Let's go. And what I'm looking forward to is, you know, you got your Friday nights where everybody's getting ready for the big college football card, and we're going to be down here. And then I'm coming right back on Saturday mornings, if provided I'm on the Friday show. But Saturday mornings down here, when college football is in full swing, in the middle of the book, the energy, free parking, fantastic menu, easy access off the freeway. This is going to be the spot because you're going to get to hang out with me and Gooch. You're going to be able to be in a great environment, and it's going to give you that old school Vegas vibe.
2: So we got five NFL games. One has already started. Atlanta, Detroit. Detroit. So, Dan Campbell, dial it down, stay calm, get us some good footage for hard knocks. No crying. But the game I'm looking forward to because it's such an uncomfortable situation, and I like a lack of comfort in my sporting events, especially when it's league and team and player and, you know, just weird, right? Weird. Deshaun Watson will be out there tonight for the Browns because we did not have the Friday news dump, the appeal – or the judgment on the appeal by Roger Goodell. Of course, Goodell already told the guy what to hand down. That has not been handed down, so Deshaun Watson is expected to start tonight for the Browns.
1: Do you have, a, do you have an issue with that? Not at all. Neither do I. Because, I mean, use him at free will until the suspension begins. It has another, He's allowed to be a training camp. He should be allowed to play in the preseason games.
2: He was given a six-game suspension by Sue Robinson. The NFL has chosen. They stepped in. The NFL has chosen to appeal it and ignore the six-game suspension. So For now, um, I, again, if a 12- or 16-game suspension comes down from Goodell's buddy, that could be appealed. That could be taken to federal court. Watson could play game one. I don't know. So you got to treat this like, hey, he's playing game one. He's
1: got to get ready. Right. Play him. No, absolutely. And it, no matter what takes place – Outside of him agreeing to the eight games right? he said, I'll, uh, I'll agree to this. Outside of that, something comes down that he doesn't like his camp, and they appeal it, and they get an injunction. Now he gets to play for as long as it gets drug out. So, yeah, I mean, you got to get him ready. You, gotta, you have to assume that he's playing until he's not.
2: Last couple of days at Raiders camp, there has been a, Deshaun, check that, a Darren Waller watch. <laughs> We were out there on Thursday. He was not there. Ugh. Today, he was not there. I don't know that we got any clarity. I'm seeing a lot of reports that it's a hamstring. I mean, you spoke to Waller in the middle of the week. Josh McDaniel said Waller is, quote, working to get back. So you think it's a hammy?
1: Well, you know, I mean, we saw that there was a tweet, you know, McDaniels confirmed Friday the Waller was, a quote, working to get back. But then it ends there. So where the hamstring, I mean, he was walking pretty, pretty good. I mean, it could be, you know, here's the thing. He's up mimicking the rifle shots on the three. He was, you know, he wasn't. He grabbed that, the he, leg on the rifle shot he at wasn't, game? He wasn't that exuberant last night. He was, and he wasn't in his normal seat. He was on the baseline. Floyd Mayweather kick him out. No, Floyd was sitting next to Mark in back in their regular seat. So Mark Davis had moved over to the other. Darren told me last night that he didn't know that he was going to be there. So he last minute called, and that's where they put him. Kyle Lowry was in his seat. So um, it was a little awkward, though, our encounter last night. Because, you know, we talked Tuesday at the game, after the game. I told you that. Told you that yesterday. I'm straight. Brought me in with the little bro hug. Yesterday, the encounter was unintentional in the least place that you want to. Sort of run into somebody that you cover. I walked in. I said, "Wow, all the superstars are in here." Because Mark McMillan was leaving one urinal, Darren Waller was standing <laughs> in the middle one. He looked over his shoulder. He goes, "Nah, just you, bro. Just just you." So there we are, just chopping it up. Some one of the best places to actually get a scoop.
2: Sure. How you went right to work? <laughs> You're like, I got to strike up a conversation here at the
1: urinal because we're both hitting the uh, the pee cake. Let yeah. me see if I can get something out of him. Yeah. No. He 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 was, he was cool. I mean, we didn't we didn't we didn't engage that long. I just I, I was trying to think of a way to talk afterwards, like you know, because oh. you slowly wake your way to the sink.
2: I thought <laughs> you were going to do it in in the midst of it all. We you're like, talk. You're like, we you're talk. Like for, uh, Darren, are you getting any splashage, or do you like this no, little pad here? How's your hamstring, by the way?
1: No, yeah. No. No. Uh, is that asparagus? No. Okay. No. I, <laughs> uh, now
2: that gets too close. <laughs> I was just asking about a sound and what well, we all have to deal with, the splashback. Uh, if, if you're witnessing green urine, we got a problem. No. The, or, actually, that's right. It is pungent.
1: Come on, now.
2: See? Well, that, that
1: would be – <laughs> can you imagine if you leaned over and you're like – Bruh, stay away from the asparagus, asparagus tray and the mini hot dogs in the, yeah. in the, in the courtside club. So afterwards, I I did pull him aside I said, look, man, you know what? I'm starting to feel like you guys on the athletes. He says, what are you talking about? I said, I've done a couple of interviews this past week, in the past week. I I was on, I was called up for a satellite, you know, want to be on for something, one of the fantasy shows, and then, you know, my my own show I was on earlier today is everybody wants to know about Darren. And I'm, I find myself defending you. Is Darren Waller holding that? He's laughing. We're sitting, you know, it was at the doorway of the of the restroom at that point. He's laughing. I said, "I'm sitting here. I'm." I was almost like I was your agent. I'm in your camp. I'm sitting there going, "Darren, what? the not his style." If anything, he's holding in. He goes, "It's all good, bro." He goes, "I should be back next week."
2: I should be back next week.
1: Yeah. All right. There's the scoop.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It does free up salary
2: cap space for the Knights. They can put L-T-I-R. them on long TIR. Then you got to go to Logan Thompson, a young goaltender who finished at the end of the year. He's a good goaltender, but he's unproven. If there's 15 games, playing 10 games, see if he's a guy, and then maybe get an experience back up at a cheap price. Maybe some type of those options, bring a trade in. As far as free Asian goaltenders out there, there's not a lot left. This is a tough spot for the Golden Knights.
0: Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island.
2: Audio from the NHL Network, tough situation, devastating day yesterday for the Golden Knights, although I have a feeling they may have seen this coming. We'll get into that. Mike McKenna worked around the Golden Knights, of course, played goalie in the NHL. He's the host of Daily Faceoff, also a host on Sirius XM NHL. Mike is up with Cofield and Willie here in Vegas. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice, and I know Willie Hyde in the background. It's good to hear your voice as well, but happy to join you guys today. wish it was a little better circumstance, but hopefully we can bring a little bit of a bright light to fans in Vegas and make them realize it's going to be okay.
2: Okay. Uh, they're feeling pretty bad right now, so let's start with that. How, how is this going to be okay?
0: Well, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is that you've got a goaltender in Logan Thompson who's been knocking on the door of being a full-time NHL goalie. And, you know, the the part that makes me a little bit nervous is that we know Robin Leonard's going to be out for the entire 22-23 season, but we really don't know with Laurent Boursois when he's going to be back, either. So I think at the start of the year, there's definitely question marks. If Michael Hutchinson ends up being the tandem partner with Logan Thompson, that's not a whole lot of experience on one half of that. Hitch, Hutchinson has some. Uh, but I think you got to have to look big picture here that at some point there is going to be a changing of the guard in terms of goaltenders in Vegas. And... In my eyes, the two-year contract that Brossois signed in the 2021 offseason was really meant to be a layover for Logan Thompson to be ready. And given the way Thompson played over the last two seasons in the American League and in the NHL, I think he's ready for a bigger moment. I think he's ready to challenge for that job. uh, And I don't see any reason why he can't be successful in doing so.
1: I am in 100% agreement Because, um, if I remember correctly, there's a young man in St. Louis who, when the Blues were at the bottom of the league, had, I think, two starts before uh, January 7th, and then stepped in, and along with, of course, Ryan O'Reilly and Petrangelo, led... The Blues to the Stanley Cup. So people that are saying he doesn't have enough starts, it takes repetition. You are a goalie. You know this. The people in front of you are going to are the ones that are going to help you. Yeah, sure, it's great to have that big-name goalie. But, Mike, I got to assume the more that that kid is in net for what he was faced with at the end of last season, the pressure is no different than what Bennington was facing in 18-19. Uh, when the St. Louis was at the, in the cellar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you think about it, that pressure is really just something you create in your own mind. You know, the, in my eyes, the pressure really isn't that much different if you hold yourself to a high standard in how you play. And that was one thing about Thompson that I liked last year was that his, his demeanor and his ability to, to shrug off a bad game or two was, was really high. You know, yeah. he's got a good attitude towards a game. He works incredibly hard in practice. He has a burning desire for improvement. Um, so that part ticks a lot of boxes. I, I think the biggest thing is that you just look at the experience factor now, and and he's 25 years old. We're not dealing with a 20-year-old kid right out of junior. I mean, he's played now the better parts of several professional seasons. He dominated the ECHL. He went to the American League. He was the top goaltender in the American League uh, in the 2021 season, even though that was a shortened year. It was only 23 games that he played. It was a short season. But he backed it up last year by showing that it wasn't a fluke, that he could perform at that level. And when he got his chance in the NHL, I thought he looked the part. I thought he looked like he belonged. And that's the key part when you cross that bridge in your mind as an athlete is when you feel like you belong in that league, that's when things start to change. And I'll be really honest, I never felt like I did I never (laughs) got to that point where I thought, I'm comfortable here, man. I can succeed. And I think by the end of last season, that's what you started to see from Thompson.
1: Well, and, and not just in, you know, in terms of the confidence brewing from wins, but in his losses, three of them were shootouts, and beyond that, you know, I think he only allowed uh, four or more goals three times. So, I, I and they and they were all on the road at Columbus, at Edmonton, at Winnipeg. So, I I mean, I I personally think that he deserves a shot. Now, as far as Hutchinson, I don't know much about him. What my question is. Who is out there that is now obtainable? Maybe that has some years on him, but you kick the tires and bring him in to maybe mentor him, and not necessarily play the tandem role like Leonard and Flurry did. But maybe he jumps in every three, four games or on a back-to-back, and he's there to lean back on or when the goalie hits that losing skid, which every goalie does, goes through a little, you know, little stupor. Um, you bring him in. Who, who in your mind is obtainable?
0: So right now, I, I'm not sure that there's anybody out there that fits within the salary cap constraints of what the Golden Knights would like to do long-term moving forward because, like, to me, you'd have to trade for a goaltender that's going to have a decent cap hit associated with that person. When you look around the league, even number two goaltenders are making 3 and a half or $4 million in some places. And for a team that's just gone through salary cap nightmare and shed salary to be able to get to the point that they're at now, I don't think that they want to throw more of that back into the kitty. They don't want more salary cap being eaten up by a temporary fix and goal. So I, I'm not sure that going and trading for somebody is what is going to happen. Um, but when you look around the league, it's it teams are pretty set in goal. You know, the one team I think you could look to is maybe San Jose. They have three goaltenders right now between uh, Reimer, Aiden Hill, and Kapokacanin. So there's there's a bevy of talent there that could potentially. Um, somewhere you would look but veteran goaltenders you, you're not going to find many that teams are going to part with because for the most part they rely on them and everybody at the start of the year has eyes on playoffs. So I, I think the hope for me would be that you know Hutchinson, Hutchinson can come in and maybe give some minutes here and there until brossois is ready. but I think from the start of the season you're probably going to see that in them and if that's not the case, Um, Going out on the open market's tough right now because teams would all know that the Vegas Golden Knights are in a pickle when it comes to goaltending, which they are. And when you don't have leverage, you get raked over the coals in trades. And I really don't think that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to want to give away prospects or picks or roster players at this stage of the game to acquire a goaltender that, like I say, might only be a fix for two, three months, something like that. So. Um, I'm curious to see how that plays out as well, because I think it's a little bit hard to predict.
1: Speaking with Mike McKenna, former NHL goalie, daily face-off NHL analyst, co-host, Sirius XM NHL, and, of course, my brethren from the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Um, real quick on this, then, before we move on to talk about Robin Leonard, um, one name that was thrown at me yesterday, and his cap hits $2.8 million, so not a lot, but it would be they would part ways with him. Jake Allen, Montreal.
0: Yeah, Jake is... And Montreal needs him. Uh, that's the first thing I would say. Um, Carey Price is not a guarantee that he is going to be able to play this year, even at the monstrous cap hit that he's at. Um, and I believe Jake Allen might be a little bit north of $3 million if I look at cap on him. But um, he would be the perfect type of goaltender that you would want to be able to go out and get that could provide you a security blanket that... Um, I mean, he's a, he can be a number one goaltender in a lot of cities. I believe that. Um, and he's played in a tandem role previously. So, again, would he be a perfect fit for that type of scenario? I do agree with that. The problem to me, though, is just how do you get him out of Montreal when that's a team that needs a goaltender? You know, they don't know on price. The only other goaltender they have is a guy named Samuel Montembeau, who was there last season as well. And, and he's kind of the number three type of goaltender, even though he played a lot last year. So um if you're looking around he might be the player that you would think but again Montreal needs him so if if Vegas is going to try to get him out there it's going to cost a pretty penny
2: Mike what have you heard about Leonard's injury it seems like this has come up very close to the season has this been something that was lingering did he wait until too late like what's the deal
0: I don't know. Um, I haven't spoken to anybody close to the injury situation. All I can do is speak from what I know about hips and goaltenders. And if a goaltender has hip problems, it's not like a torn Achilles that Max Pacioretty just suffered, who of course now is a Carolina Hurricane. Those are catastrophic injuries that just happen in an instant. If your hip goes bad as a goaltender, it is almost always something that has been building over time, and. And what happens to goaltenders is because of the stress that we put on our bodies by dropping into the butterfly repeatedly, um, the, the stress that it puts on our joints, it's hard on hips. And something like one in four people in this world have a square peg and a round hole in the hip. And it eventually wears the cartilage down, it causes hip impingement, it's all tied through the groin. it It's a mess. And you have to get that fixed and cleaned up. And I don't know if that's the exact injury that Leonard's suffering from. But when you talk about goaltenders that have had hip problems, that's about ninety nine percent of them. So it's a good educated guess there, and it's probably something that was bothering him. Uh, of course, with other litany injuries, he had shoulder season in the off shoulder surgery in the off season. He had a broken knee last year. It just adds up to a lot, and you can see why he looked awkward in the crease, especially in the latter half of last season.
1: That's. So my next question is, I've been asked this. I know others have said, you know, has Robin Leonard played his last game for the Golden Knights? My question is, has he played the last game of his career? This will be the third medical procedure in one year from last summer to this summer. Shoulders, hip, right? Both shoulders, I believe. I don't know if it was the same one. But, I mean, this is a lot on the body at this age to sort of come back from and become effective. And, you know, does he... I don't know, does he want to put himself, personally, does he want to put himself in that position and live in the pain that he would end up living in?
0: That's really the first thing I thought of as well. And it's the human element to it. You know, I mean, Robin and I were teammates and goalie partners, and and he's somebody that I really, I mean, I admire what he's done in his life and career and how he's been able to perform and, and do everything and not, not maybe having that chance again is, I think, a realistic thing to think about just because... I'm not as concerned with his body. Bodies can be fixed. But at 31 years of age, you always have question marks. But the biggest concern for me is taking a full year off of hockey. Yeah, That's really hard for a goaltender, or anybody for that matter, to miss an entire season and come back and be the goaltender that you once were. And it's not just tracking the puck. It's not just your strength or your movements. Muscle memory is an amazing thing. You really don't forget how to play goalie. I can go out tomorrow and still stop a decent amount of pucks. Definitely not at the pro level, but at the beer league level, maybe. (laughs) But what happens is that the game continues to evolve. If you miss an entire season, you're missing out on a year of evolution as a goaltender. All these subtle changes that we see throughout the league among goalies, among shooters, you miss out on that. So it's not just that you're rehabbing your body. You're also playing catch-up to the technicalities of the game in some ways. And quite honestly, I, I do. I'm really concerned about that. I hope Robin gets a chance to continue his career in another season. Um, but but I would, like everybody else, have real concerns that that could even take place.
2: Follow Mike at MikeMcKenna56 up on Twitter. Is this lamb that you cooked and what do you have drizzled on it? That looks uh, delicious.
0: <laughs> oh, I love the questions. Oh, yeah, I did some <laughs> lamb chops on the grill the other day, and I had nice. this nice herby yogurt sauce that had – Parsley and dill and mint, all out of my garden in front of the house. It was it was lovely, man. A little bit of wow. couscous and cucumbers, and oh. and my kids even liked it. So yeah, I marinated the lamb and yogurt. You got me all geeked now, man. I'm all amped up about it. I'm glad you asked,
1: Michael. I am. You you've got the Lebanese feels coming out of me. My my heritage, mm-hmm. lamb and a nice yogurt, like almost like a little knockoff tzatziki sauce. The only thing you were missing was a little yeah. hummus, a little pita, a little tabule.
0: I thought about that. I really did. I thought those chops would have been amazing. Like, if I would have cubed them and grill and put them on skewers, take those babies off and slap them in a pita with some of that sauce, oh, sure. I like your line of thinking. That might be the next meal.
2: Have a great weekend. We appreciate you joining us on uh, relatively short notice, and we'll talk to you soon, okay?
0: That sounds great. Thanks for having me. Good hearing your voices, guys. Have a good Thanks, one. Mike.
2: There he is. Mike McKenna, SiriusXM, NHL, was uh, formerly part of the broadcast team with the – Golden Knights. Let's do a giveaway right now. Caller 6 and 7, a couple of four-packs. Four-packs of tickets for three ice. The playoff championship. It's coming up next Saturday at the Orleans. You can grab tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Four rinkside tickets, a couple of sets of those. Ari will hook you up. Caller 6 and 7. 3 six, four, 1100
0: CoField and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Hi, it's the Herd. I have defended Derek Carr for a long time of the Raiders. I saw a story this morning where Derek Carr has not thrown an interception Not one in camp. It's Cofield and Company. What really makes it remarkable is that he's got a new play caller, a new system, a new coach, a new coordinator, and a new star receiver. There's a bunch of moving parts. Not a single interception.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. The uh, Raiders got that out there, I guess, behind the scenes because I saw Schefter... No, check that. I saw Rappaport. No, one more time. I saw Breer. Who was it? One of those guys. And Hurd used that note that Derek Carr hadn't thrown an interception in practice.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Everybody's latched on to that.
2: Yeah. It's practice. practice.
1: Yeah. It's practice. Big deal. A lot of
2: Derek Carr coming up later on because Cowherd loves him, and he laid out a whole argument as to why Derek Carr does have an it factor, and people should respect that. And should have him, you know, as an elite, you know, top seven quarterback. Uh, speaking of Raiders quarterbacks, former backup Raiders quarterback, Marcus Mariota, just scored a touchdown. Yes. On uh, I couldn't tell if it was a designed rollout or a scramble, but he is now the Atlanta Falcons quarterback. So it was a
1: Raider-Mariota package scramble.
2: I don't know if it was. Was it? It would have been a Raider package, but. I wonder I, – I'm really rooting for him to stay healthy and resurrect his career and become what we all thought he could be. He had some good moments, but he also had some really inconsistent moments with the Titans. I just – I don't know if the Falcons are the team to do it with. They do have some pretty good weapons. I'm not sure if the coaching staff is the right coaching staff, but we'll
1: find out. I think that this is a good spot for – I think that this is a, the right team because of the fact that it's a new coach – New quarterback Matt Wright. so it's it's a it's it's sort of resurrecting the entire system. It's not like him trying to come in and pick up and everybody's everybody's new. So I think I think it's a good spot for him.
2: So for the Raiders game on Sunday, we know, in all, all likelihood, we weren't going to see Kirk Cousins, but we know 100 he's not coming, so mm. we're not going to see him. The speculation yesterday when he wasn't feeling well that he might have COVID, he has tested positive, and. Um, you know, by new CDC protocols and what the NFL follows, as long as he doesn't have any serious symptoms, I mean, he was he must have felt something to to get tested. But if he doesn't have anything real serious, he could be back by the middle of next week.
1: What do you think about those new protocols that came out? I don't care. Yeah,
2: I saw people all celebrating. I I don't care.
1: Yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm still I'm kind of thrown when when something comes out like now, even though. The reality is we still go places people have masks on, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, like, WNBA has a protocol. I believe the personnel has to wear protocol. There are reporters on the press row, and that's fine. But when I see, like, official releases or breaking or stats, or whatever, I it's a little, I don't know. It just seems, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah.
2: Right. Like, we've returned to a pretty good level of normalcy. Uh, people are still catching it. Is that good or bad, though? I don't know. I guess we're gonna find out. Good, or, next, or, good or bad, we're gonna that we're, find out. The no, next I'm six saying for,
1: for us that we're like going. Eh,
2: yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I guess I guess it's bad if we get it again and if we get it badly. I mean, you know, I dropped off the uh, the so was taking a quick trip to uh, L.A. a little vacation work trip, and when she was getting on the plane, uh, or actually as I dropped her off out of the car, she had you know she had the mask around her neck, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's not a bad
1: idea if you're getting on the uh, the tube. Yeah. Would you if you're flying? Will you, we you go for UNLV? When you're going to do your broadcast? When you're going to be a sideline guy? You going to wear one on the on the? Uh... Probably not.
2: Maybe. Probably not. If I if I don't feel well, yes, I will be. I, because it. As I said on the air many times, when we were in the throes of this thing, you know, last year when there was still a lot of risk, I don't want to be the idiot who takes down a whole football team. And you do, and I don't know if people remember. The running rebels were down for about two weeks at the beginning of this year, Mm -hmm. and at that same time, when a bunch of players got it and coaches, I don't think Kevin Kruger ever got it. Um, I had it. I know Paloma had it. So some media people had it, and the team had it. So it just, I would wear it if you know if I was feeling lousy as a precaution. I got I have no problem wearing it, and if you know people say to wear it, I'll wear it. I don't care. That's why when the whatever the new things were about the protocol and all this we're, we're also, we're in a completely different position uh, with our job because frankly if we don't feel well or if we tested positive we could work from home right? Yeah. Which I actually did when I had it. I came out of it and did some shows at home. I didn't sound good like I thought Doug Gottlieb had it last week. I don't know if there was any confirmation. He sounded like ass for a couple of days like he, his voice sounded just terrible. So Kirk Cousin has it so hopefully he comes out of it pretty cleanly you certainly don't want to get it close to the season that you know could screw up your your opening game so they got plenty of time to get ready for the regular season their backups are Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond so those guys are probably going to rotate looks like 50-50 in the game against the Raiders and it got me thinking is their situation behind Kirk Cousins with Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond better or worse than the Raiders situation. Like, how much confidence do you have in Stiddy and Nick Mullins?
1: I have more confidence in the Raiders backups than I do in the Vikings. So do I. Yeah. I do. I, I I mean, and I did a feature on Stiddy earlier this week. Um, just the fact that, you know, in, in his his role and his comfortability in his role in coming over, you know, he could have very easily – you can come over. I don't care how many years you have invested. In, I mean, clearly Derek Carr is – top 10, top 12 quarterback. So, I mean, his, his position is cemented, but knowing Josh McDaniels' his mind when he comes in and says, hey, everybody's competing, everybody's going to learn, knowing how Josh McDaniels, you know, a bit of a control guy, um, lesser degree this time around than when he his first trip as a, as a head coach with the Broncos. Um, but he could have come with a bigger chip on his shoulder like, hey, I'm the one that knows the system. You know, he, he could exploit that and really thrive in that. But he's played – he's been a team guy. He's done what's asked for him, and he's accepted his role, and he's he's not only learning what is being implemented, right? It's it's one thing to know the system ahead of time, but you're learning. Um, he's still learning as well because Josh McDaniels is teaching a system to a lot of new guys that didn't know this system. So he has to learn their tendencies. So he's learning as well. Mullins and Stidham both have experience. So I feel that they're – I just feel that their background is a, is is in a lot better place, a lot better comfortability and chemistry wise than what the Vikings have.
2: Not to go crazy on Mullins because who knows maybe they cost cut and he's gone. He doesn't even make the team, you know it's Garbers. But if that's your third quarterback, he's actually had some good moments in the NFL when he's had a start. Yeah. So that's a pretty decent three. So, you're, so what you're saying is you're playing the Raiders on Sunday? I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about it yet. I'm sure you did.
1: At some point you did. I
2: actually hadn't. Even though I will back people who play preseason games, I'm not going to call them degenerates because that's stupid. I I don't bet a whole lot of preseason football.
1: You know, I I was thinking about it. I was was reading some stuff that this is a year where it's a lot more intriguing because of them being down to three games. And you're seeing a lot of the the, the coaches say, okay, they're going to play a series or two in in game one, which in reality would be game two, right? Because you're – three games away from the end of the preseason. So they're being a little bit more open with what they're going to do. A lot of the coaches are. You're hearing a lot more, well, here's what we're planning, here's this, here's that. So um, you sort of have a little bit better information. So let me throw this at you.
2: Did we learn a little bit last week about McDaniels and how he approaches preseason games because he played a good number of ones and twos last week? No. Or you just think he, he could go right back and just play threes and fours all game? Yeah, I don't th- Because the other side of it, I have no idea what Kevin O'Connell is going to do. He's a new coach. He could be one of these guys who follows in step with McVay, who does not give – I'm not going to say he doesn't give a crap, but McVay does not play most of his guys. So O'Connell could be the, the same guy. Or new coaches a lot of times with new teams will be like, we got to set a tone.
1: I want to win. I want to be good coming out. Don't know. I don't think that we learned what Josh McDaniel's philosophy in the preseason is for years to come, as much as we learned that he is just as much trying to learn about the Raiders that the Raiders are trying to learn his system. I think that that was his philosophy last week. I don't think it had anything to do with it's preseason. This is my scheme. This is what I've drawn up. This is my strategy, my game plan for the next four weeks. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with this is this is what I need to see from these guys in this game at this time, and I think that's the way he's going to approach it. I don't think that the same things that he's thinking this year will be what he thinks next year and the year after and the year after that. Hall of Fame game or not, it has nothing to do with that or that they had four games. I just think, actually, that he did say that he's using he used the fourth game as it to his advantage. So maybe. There were a couple of units, including the running backs, but I just think that this is a year where he's just—he's learning as much as them because he's got. It's one thing to see him out at the facility, but he's got to see him in the games.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Asia picks it off for Parker. There goes Asia, coast to coast, border to border, off the glass, a good, beautiful move by Asia Wilson in her third steal of the night, and the Aces are rolling by 16. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company.
2: Aces back in good shape. With Ramirez all over the Aces beat.
1: Solid game last night. Important game, right? Very important game as they were trailing by one game in the WNBA standings and a wire-to-wire effort very good effort um at both ends of the floor ties them in the WNBA. a win by the aces on sunday or a loss by the sky one or the other clinches the number one seed for the las vegas aces postseason opponent to be determined what's the team look like now even thinner Without Hamby. That's the tough part. Now, the thing is, is when I talked to Becky Hammond the other night, um, you know, because she has been trying to get her players off the bench and in the game. Now, it doesn't reflect in the scorebook. You don't see it on the stat sheet. But what you are seeing are hustle stats that also aren't registered. The other night, Kirsten Bell went flying into the bench, saved a pass behind her, and it turned into a bucket. But because it went to one person, went to the next, it's not like hockey where you get two-player assists. There are a lot of players coming off the bench and making keys. So you're still getting the the, the bigger points from the starters, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, Aza Wilson. But you're getting a lot of hustle play. You're getting a lot of defensive play. You're getting a well-rounded af- effort by whoever comes on the floor, those key quality minutes. Now, does that mean that they're not going to miss De'Arica Hamby? Absolutely not, because Dierica Hamby, in my opinion, is the heart and soul of this team. Let's not forget that she's been around longer than most of them in this franchise in San Antonio. Sid Colson's an older player, Teresa Plaisance, but you know, DeErica Hamby was in San Antonio when uh, Kelsey got drafted. She came here, then Asia was drafted, then Jackie. So she's a big part of what makes up that team and what that and what she brings both in the paint and out of it, and on defense. So they're going to miss her. And, you know, she was right there cheering them on yesterday. I mean, it was a – you know, she was a – I think that her knee started bothering her because I tweeted out, hey, kudos to her. How do you not appreciate D'Erika Hamby? She was the first one off the bench as they kind of trail out to the floor to meet them as they're coming off during a timeout every time. And shortly after that, she – was at the end of the bench, and then she would get up and come to the huddle. She'd meet them. as it. But, And I'm wondering if it just started getting irritated a little. I mean, trust me, I know what it's like when the knee starts getting a little inflamed. But, all smiles. She was right there, supportive, and um, hopefully she'll be back in time. I think that, the, I think that they're going to be around for a good part of the playoffs, because they're playing well right now. They've saved some of their best basketball. They won in Seattle. They just beat Chicago. They went back east and beat Connecticut. So, I mean, they're playing very well. Who's getting in at the bottom of the field? That's the tough one. Um, you know, oh man, I, I really think that Minnesota's going to sneak in. I think that they've endured a lot. Um, I don't think Phoenix is going to get there. Um, Skylar Diggins announces she's going she's gonna to be out. She's going to miss the last two games for personal reasons. So you're looking at the Lynx, the Dream, the Liberty, or the Mercury are still available. My, if it were on me, I'm going to put it on the Lynx and the Liberty. Um, the Dream have a good defense. I just don't know if they have the offensive prowess to close it out like New York does. Like New York, when New York wants to play well, they'll score points. It's their defense that has an issue. So I think that Minnesota has been sitting there scratching and clawing, and I'll never forget when they came here and they were 1-4, and the Aces scrapped by a win, and Becky said that is not a one-win team that showed up here, or excuse me, uh, an o and f- a one-and-four team that showed up here. That was a one-and-oh team we played tonight because those first four games, they didn't have a lot of their players. Right. So, And let's not forget, while everybody is, and I'm a, I'm a Sue Bird stan. Hey, she's been great the years that Vegas has been here. Um, Sylvia Fowles is also on her farewell tour. And so she's going to be doing everything she can to get that team in the playoffs and extend her career just a little bit.
2: I've got a question for you on the way back about which celebrities are welcome at the Aces games okay? and maybe some that shouldn't be. I'll start now. Should Floyd Mayweather be sitting next to Mark Davis at a women's basketball
1: game? Well, it's a good question considering his history. And, you know, somebody said, blurted out yesterday, well, do we have our answer to the rumored minority owner?
2: Well, that's even a better question. Should he be welcomed as an owner? I don't know. I, I mean, it's... I also it, it's, wonder if, if MD was talking to... Sandra Douglas Morgan, and he was like, "Hey, what do you think of Floyd Mayweather? Like, what that conversation would be like?
1: I think talking to a lot of women, what what would it be like? Yeah, well, they were they were chumming it up pretty good. We could pick this up on the other side. We will. Golden Circle
2: Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Come on down. We're here for two more hours. Got twenty five plus beers on tap. Great place to wrap up the work week.